Welcome to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And this is our second program in our career planning series. You know, and this is going to be so much fun. I love that that you know that we came up with this idea of doing a career planning series, and especially in the month of May, because well, you know, there are many people out there who are contemplating looking for new jobs. And, you know, clearly a lot of people listen to our program in the archives, so you never know at what point in time they're listening. But right now, we know that we have college graduates who are getting ready to venture out into that big world or go back to graduate school because they're like, oh, eek, don't want to do that. Um, but, you know, so that's a big part of why I wanted to have my guest on today was to really talk about how college students and, you know, can, can get out there, get into a perfect job, you know, not have to job hop, not have to go live in mom's basement, you know, all those various things. So please join me today in welcoming Eric Benavides to our program. Welcome, Eric. Hi, Deb. Thank you for having me on here today. You know, this really is going to be so much fun because you have several perspectives that are so important in the job market. We're going to be talking about alumni, how to reach those folks, how to use a, um, a, a recruiting firm, you know, maybe a little bit about LinkedIn, you know, all these various things. And so I love the fact that, that you are just our second guest in this series because we're going to hit a whole bunch of topics. Oh, nice. Thank you. No, no pressure, right? I know, I know. <laughs> so before we really get going, let me tell people just a little bit about you. So Eric Benavidez is a search consultant with Bell Oaks Executive Search. He volunteers as a career coach for college students during his spare time, and he offers his services to fellow members of the USC Alumni Club of Atlanta. His current experience as an executive recruiter gives him insight when helping younger individuals map out their career aspirations. His career coaching experience translates well into his professional work as he stays current with new hiring practices and helps his candidates navigate the interview process. So again, Eric, welcome. Thank you, Deb. Thank you. Well, you know, let's let's just start with one of those things. Actually, let's start with how you and I met, because it truly is one of those things that we tell people is absolutely critical when you are in a job search, and that's alumni. Now, mm -hmm. I'm not an alumni of USC, and you are also an alumni of KSU, Kennesaw State, mm -hmm. but we met at a Pac-12 alumni event. Actually, it was an event that you coordinated, but, you know, it's uh, I think so many people tend to overlook the importance of alumni groups. And so talk to us about why reaching out to alumni is a, a critical piece in a job search. No, definitely. I mean, and the event that we met at was just really amazing. We we were able to meet so many people from different schools. Mm -hmm. And um, I just think it's something that not that many people take advantage of. And it's not just alumni from schools, but I think also alumni from different organizations, mm -hmm. you know, fraternities, sororities. Um, you know, it's just something that's very undervalued. Um, so my advice to people would be, you know, you definitely, definitely want to make sure that you always reach out to alumni because these are people that have something in common with you. Mm -hmm. uh, so when you reach out to someone, um, that's an instant icebreaker. Right. Um, hey, I realized that we both went to the same university and we might have had the same faculty members in common. We may have, may have been in the same organizations. Um, so, you know, that's an automatic icebreaker mm -hmm. right there. And those people are usually more than happy to help out someone who also went to a school like they did. For example, USC, we have the uh, Trojan family, right? Mm -hmm. uh, that's one of our, um, you know, that's one of our main selling points. Um, you know, when we want to tell people, hey, you know, go to USC. The Trojan family is amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, Trojans hiring Trojans, Trojans helping Trojans. Um, so, no, I, I think that's definitely something important that people need to take advantage of, um, you know, alumni networks, contacting people, um, because you already have that thing in common with them that will help facilitate a stronger conversation, a more fruitful conversation with them. 
Right. You know, and it doesn't matter when they graduated. You know, I have talked with alumni who are <clears throat> older than me, <laughs> um, as well as obviously, you know, folks who pretty much just graduated because you never know where those good connections are going to come in. No, you, you, you just don't know. I mean, in the position that I'm in as a vice president for the USC Alumni Club of Atlanta, I've reached out to a couple of alumni who are, you know, a little bit older than me. I, I met someone who uh, graduated in the 90s mm-hmm. um, when I was, uh, you know, and he was trying to tell me a little bit about the football team back in the 90s. And mm-hmm. I was like, Hi, I, I think I might have been, uh, you know, eight or nine. Right. Back then. Uh-huh. But, uh, um, you know, it, it was just great just learning from from their perspective and them having a them being at a different stage in their career. But at the same time, wanting to speak with me um, to learn more about me mm-hmm. um, and more about what I do. And at the same time, you know, I, I'm able to learn about them. And if I ever have any opportunities or if I'm able to connect them with someone else, I can. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, recently, um, you know, I met with an alumni. We had an amazing lunch and then. A week later, I met with another USC alumni and he lived in the same area Mm -hmm. and he was going through the same situation at work where his company had just been uh, bought out by another company. Um, So, you know, he was he was asking for advice and I told him, I was like, hey, you know, I I just met another alumni who just happens to be in the same exact situation as Mm -hmm. you are. Um, let me connect you with him. Mm -hmm. And I told him who the alumni was and he recognized the last name. And said, hey, you know, I, I, I think I know that family. I've heard of one of them having gone to USC. And it turns out that he knew the brother of the other alumni. I love it. And, you know, just such a small world. Mm-hmm. They both lived and grew up in Georgia and they both ended up going to USC. Mm-hmm. They never met, um, but they knew each other's family members. That's mm-hmm. crazy. Right. You know, and. It really, you know, it, it doesn't matter. You know, we, like you and I tend to think, well, you know, USC, so that's California. You mm-hmm. know, I went to, to Colorado. And mm-hmm. so sometimes we think, well, there's not alumni in our area. Mm-hmm. And that couldn't be farther from the truth. Now, obviously, University of Colorado and USC are big universities. Mm-hmm. Um, so they do have a lot of alumni. But one of the very first things that I look for on LinkedIn, especially when I'm trying to expand my network, you know, you you can search by people and actually LinkedIn will suggest it for you. Other mm-hmm. alumni, because it knows it as in LinkedIn knows mm-hmm. that those are great connections for you. So, you know, obviously LinkedIn is, is a fabulous place to reach out and, and connect with alumni. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, LinkedIn is amazing to, to connect with alumni. And at the same time, if there are if there's an alumni club in your area, mm-hmm. And they have events. I mean, that's an even better way of getting in front of them and actually right. getting to know them in person. Mm-hmm. You know, and some schools charge for you to be a member of the Alumni Association. Uh, yeah. University of Colorado actually doesn't. That's kind of a, a cool benefit that we have. But, mm-hmm. you know, think of it as an investment in your future. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and granted, you might be, you know, money might be a little bit tight. But, mm-hmm. you know, for, say, the $100 membership or, or whatever mm-hmm. it is, it could lead you to, you know, a, a, a five figure job, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so think about that as as an investment and, you know, really connect with those and, and you know, research it, you know, Google. Hello. Or, you know, obviously, <laughs> if you if you contact your university's alumni association, mm-hmm. they can point you in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And at USC charges enough as students, so they, they don't charge us to be alumni. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I think that's what CU thought too. You know, we, we yeah, got enough like, yeah. out of you. <laughs> yeah, we we took enough of your money, mm-hmm. so you, you can be an alumni for free. Um, but no, I mean, I actually the the networking event where we met at, mm-hmm. um, it was a Pac-12 event, and the only universities that didn't have alumni clubs were uh, Oregon and Oregon State. Mm-hmm. And you know, for those schools, I actually contacted some people via LinkedIn, mm-hmm. and I pitched to them the idea of, hey. If there's no formal club here, just form it. Right. Um, it looks great on your resume, right? Organizing something that big. And I'm sure um, their universities yeah. would love it. Oh, they would. They would. And, uh, you know, so so that might be something that we, we should see, hopefully, uh, you know, having those alumni clubs. But, you know, if, if you're listening to this and you don't have a uh, an alumni club for your own university, um, just make one. Just, mm-hmm. you know, Facebook page, LinkedIn page. Mm-hmm. 
um, contact your university and have them put you as the person, the main person of contact. Mm -hmm. And you'll be surprised at how many people you'll be able to draw out who either are alumni, are fans, or know people who went there. Right. You know, and then as you and I did, there's even bigger, you know, groups, you know, we're, we're part of the Pac-12 group. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and, and so look at your conferences, you know, every, uh, you know, all the schools have conferences that their, you know, their athletic departments are involved in. So mm -hmm. look to see if they have something, um, you know, and, and even if there's not something formal, it, you can reach out to those folks. You know, I've, I've shared uh, several times on this program that, you know, when I was networking one time, and this was back when we were still in uh, the Big 12, so mm -hmm. I reached out to somebody who was, um, I believe, from the University of Texas. And I don't remember exactly what I was networking for, but, you know, we got together for, for coffee. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, the very first thing he said was, well, you know, I shouldn't really talk to y'all since you were <laughs> from the University of Colorado. And then we dished on Oklahoma for like 10 minutes. Nice. Um, so, you know, and, and then he turned out to be a very good contact. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's okay to reach out to the, the other organizations or, you know, people from, you know, other alumni groups mm -hmm. because, you know, you, you do have something similar. Um, mm -hmm. and then you mentioned other things, fraternities, sororities, mm -hmm. you know, there's, uh, you know, even if, I mean, some of the bigger universities have groups of, you know, actual departments, you know, where, where they have kind of alumni organizations and, you know, take advantage of that. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's never too early to start. It's funny. Mm -hmm. I was, uh, reviewing scholarships applications mm -hmm. for uh, folks for the University of Colorado for our alumni group here mm -hmm. in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And several, you know, one of the questions was, you know, would you, you know, how would you give back to forever buffs? That's what mm -hmm. we call our group. And several of them actually thought you had to be retired from work no. before wow. and it was like oh well wait a minute no no you yeah, you can yeah, be yeah. part of this you know the second you graduate and so i think that's probably one of the misperceptions mm -hmm. is that people think alumni are us old folks and not mm -hmm. you youngins <laughs> you know? mm -hmm. so no. it's it's a you know it's it's great and you know it, especially if you offer to, to volunteer you know all those various things you're going to make fabulous contacts mm-hmm no, definitely, definitely. And I mean, e even as students, you know, I've already had a couple of students contact me saying, hey, um, I'm from Atlanta, but I'm at USC right now. Would it be OK if, uh, you know, you, you can look at my resume and connect me with alumni in the Atlanta area? I'm going home for the summer. Um, and, you know, these are these are students that are freshmen and sophomores right. that might not have the experience to get an internship yet, mm -hmm. but they want to come back home to Atlanta. And mm -hmm. instead of just, you know, being on the couch or just watching right. TV, mm -hmm. they want to reach out to alumni mm -hmm. and shadow them and get to know them uh, so that by the time that they can be um, ready for internships, they already have the connections mm -hmm. because they've shadowed these people. Um, so these alumni might be able to help them uh, get internships later on. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's that's a fantastic way to meet people who are with specific organizations. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, it's, it's funny when I was talking with my guest last week, we were talking about using LinkedIn mm -hmm. and, you know, and, and we were, you know, all these various things. And, and you know, it was like, OK, well, just an example. Who would we know at Nike? So I go to LinkedIn. I type mm -hmm. Nike. And, you know, obviously that's a long way from Atlanta because we were looking, you know, and, and, and several people popped up as, you know, mm -hmm. connections that I would have there. So, you know, that would be, then if I combine that with alumni, mm -hmm. you know, that really gives you a foothold in there. So, you know, I could contact them and say, hey, we're both alumni and I see you at Nike. And at some point I'm thinking of possibly moving to that area. So again, you've given them even more reason to contact you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, yeah, you're just making connections with them and uh you know, kinda like you kinda like we mentioned earlier, just icebreakers, right? Right away you're making up uh, connections and and they yeah, you're right, they have more of a reason to contact you because you have more things in common. Mm -hmm. Right. And you know, if especially if it's in their LinkedIn profile it probably was fairly important to them, you know, mm -hmm. and, and so that's, you know, they're more than likely they're going to respond. And as I always say, the least they're going to do is ignore you, you mm -hmm. know, but it, you'll never know if you don't try. No, definitely. And now that you bring that up, actually, I just want to make a quick little point here. Um, you never know when you will need someone's advice. Mm -hmm. So I always like, kind of like you said, you know, it, 
we like telling students, hey, reach out to alumni. Um, but at the same time, if there are alumni out there, you know, if you have a student that contacts you and you have the time to read the message, um, let's actually have the time to respond whether or not we can meet with you. Um, because you never know. I mean, recently there was a, um, there was a person who, uh, was a director of marketing and, um, she needed help with a technology that was newer that college students were using. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't something that she was able to learn in college. And, you know, she's, she's a marketing director. Right. Um, so this was a professional, an alumni, and I saw her on LinkedIn reaching out to students. Mm-hmm. Um, so imagine that, right. <laughs> and alumni reaching out to students. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. What well, we've said this word several times, and that's the word LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. You know, we tend to think that the older, let's just you know, put that word out there. Actually, the more experienced people are experienced. on LinkedIn. You know mm-hmm. that that we can't we can't really benefit from using LinkedIn until we've had you know several jobs or several years of experience. So talk to us about why LinkedIn is so important for someone just graduating from college. No, of course. And it it just goes back to uh, technology being so amazing and, you know, students not being limited anymore to the region where they live. Um, You know, as a student in California, you can use LinkedIn to reach out to alumni and companies out in New York. Um, you know, your resume can only travel so far. Mm-hmm. You put that on LinkedIn and really, you know, sky's the limit when it comes to that. So I, I think LinkedIn is very important. Um, it's a great way to network. Um, and, you know, it, it's a really great way to just, you know, get to know other people and get to meet other people. Um, and having a well-written, well-thought-out LinkedIn profile Um you know, I, I work with I work on LinkedIn pretty much all day as a recruiter. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can tell who a quality candidate is, um, especially when you're looking at roles that, that deal with, uh, you know, interfacing with people mm-hmm. a lot. You can tell a quality candidate uh, versus a candidate that, you know, just might not really care uh, based on their LinkedIn and the quality of LinkedIn that mm-hmm. they have. Mm-hmm. Right. So how do you know, it, because, of course, one of the big reasons and, and we kind of alluded to it is people think, well, I don't have experience, so I mm-hmm. can't be on LinkedIn. So mm-hmm. what advice do you give for people who, you know, really maybe they, you know, they, they don't have a ton of experience mm-hmm. or their experience isn't in their career path? You know, what do you, how do you uh, counsel them about using LinkedIn? Sure, sure. I, I guess I'll, I'll start with the first one. You know, if, if you feel like you don't have enough experience, um, you know, look into projects that you've done at school, look into projects that you've done in, in different organizations. For example, I used to work with um, engineering students and many of them, they, they either didn't have the time or the resources to do an internship. So they would graduate with no internship. Mm-hmm. Um, something that they could put on their resume or on their LinkedIn would be maybe projects, hands-on projects, midterms or final projects that they did in class. Mm-hmm. Um, so if they had to, um, you know, use a, a software like SolidWorks, right, where you do 3D modeling, um, you know, put that on there, put that on your resume. Um, you know, if you were part of, uh, you know, uh, the Formula SAE team, which, you know, what they do is they design and race um, uh Kind of like little go karts. Oh, mm-hmm. um, you know, you put that at, you put that on your um, on your resume or on your LinkedIn. So you know any major projects that you've done, you can put that in your research that you've done, um, even volunteer work. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to people who might not have uh, relevant work experience, and and I usually see that um, with younger professionals as well as people who are more experienced and want a career change. Right. Uh, whatever roles you have done. Uh, put whatever's the most relevant from those mm-hmm. roles, right? You know, if you were in marketing and you want to make a change to sales, um, you know, if whatever interaction you had with the sales team or or whatever is relevant to sales that you did while you were in marketing, those are your bullet points. Those are really your selling points. Right. right. You know, and, and it's funny because I talked about this last week with Rebecca and you know, we, we talked about the fact that sometimes you think your job wasn't relevant. Mm-hmm. So maybe you worked your way through college um, by working at, say, the local grocery store. Mm-hmm. First of all, that's great. 
You know, because people want to see that you worked your way, you know, you didn't, you know, and, and now granted school's hard. So not everybody had jobs, you know, and, and things like that, but it is, you know, kind of a bonus point to see that, oh my gosh, this person is working as they're going mm-hmm. to school. Mm-hmm. But then you think about what you did there. It's customer service. It's mm-hmm. inventory. It's, mm-hmm. you know, all these other various things. So you can, you know, think about how you can use those in your career path. And, you know, so it, it, it comes back to being relevant. It, it does. And, and employers see that, hey, you know, this person is mature enough and responsible enough to hold down a part time job. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the transition from holding down a part time job at, uh, you know, Chick-fil-A. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that can transfer over to an internship if an employer is saying, hey, you know, I, I really want I have a, I have an option. Right. Mm-hmm. I can either uh, hire this person that worked part time at Chick-fil-A or this person that, you know, all they did was just go to school, which you're right. School is hard. Uh, but if they see that you've had a job before, you know, that just shows the maturity that, like you said, the customer service and for companies that have such an amazing reputation like Chick-fil-A, they know that this person has been trained on customer service. Right. right. So they're more likely to get a job uh, or get an internship versus mm-hmm. someone who doesn't have that experience. Right. And then the other thing to make sure that you include is your volunteer experience. You know, it, it's so funny. I was looking at your LinkedIn profile and we talked about this offline. <laughs> you mentioned that you volunteer for Good Muse, which is a cat shelter. Well, that's where my two cats came from. So right there is another connection point for us. So, you know, don't think, oh, that's silly. That's, you know, that's whatever. Because again, you never know where that connection point will come in. No, that's, that's definitely correct. And, it, and I've seen that many times. Where, you know, students, when I was uh, working at KSU with career services, I, I would have students come back and say, hey, you know, my interview went well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it turns out that the hiring manager and I both volunteered at the same place. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I would have students say, hey, you know, uh, I had one student that came in and said, hey, uh, you know, the, the interview went well. Oh, yeah. Well, how, how long did it last? Well, it lasted about five minutes. And we spent the rest of the 30 minutes talking about my involvement with the uh, Formula SAE team with mm-hmm. the race cars, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Because the hiring manager, the president of the company of the engineering firm was also involved. Mm-hmm. And we spent most of the time talking about the car and the design and all that. So, uh, yeah, you just don't know where those connection points are. Right. And clearly, you know, volunteering is a great way to make connections and mm-hmm. to get job experience. You know, I, I always tell people, you know, volunteer for organizations just because you don't get paid for it doesn't mean that it doesn't count as experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, that's that's definitely correct. You know, we're talking a lot, obviously, about the the, the younger you know, demographic. And it's funny, I, I'm looking at a study right now. I love job bite studies. And, you know, I, I look at them all the time. And so this one is talking about younger job, job seekers. So 18 to 29 years old and 23% of them in this survey research jobs on LinkedIn. Um, now the thing that amazed me was to, it, they, 28% of them researched their, their potential employers on Instagram. So, you know, if you're an employer, that's definitely something to think about. Now, you know, clearly, you know, it it depends on what you're doing and, you know, who your your customers are, things like that. But, you know, how how are people going to find you is just as important as how you're going to find your candidates. No, that's right. And, And I feel like a lot of this might be just, you know, people trying to figure out if the company culture is something that will fit them. Right. Um, and, you know, social media just allows companies to be more personal, um, you know, to, to express themselves just like people express themselves on, on social media. Um, so, you know, a lot of people are out there. A lot of candidates are out there. And their main question is, you know, will this company's culture fit me? Um, so you're right. You know, social media is very important, um, especially if uh, companies want to recruit talent and want to recruit people that fit. And add to their culture. Mm-hmm. You know, and culture is is a very important word, and and it's you know it's interesting because those of us in the older generations we sometimes mock millennials. You know, they don't take things seriously. You know, all these various things, but in many ways, the culture and things like that are very important to millennials. 
And, you know, are, is that, is the company they're going to work for philanthropic? You know, do they have flex time? You know, all these various things that, that might apply. And it's it, like you said, it's so important that we have that match because we want an employee for long term. You know, we don't want to hire somebody that is going to come in and go, and eh, this really wasn't where I wanted to be, or they're the job hoppers or whatever. So I find it interesting that, you know, we're, we're culture really is something that is so critical now to job seekers. No, and, and I'm really glad that you brought that up. And that's another reason why LinkedIn is important, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because if you're interested in a company, what better way to learn about the company than directly from the employees. Right. Um, so, and you know, you mentioned social media going on their Instagram account and just seeing, oh, okay, these are the events that they do. You know, they go bowling, they do company outings. Um, but then at the same time, if you have an alumni that works at that specific company, you can always ask them about the culture right. um, and figure out if, if that's really a place where you want to be. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I tell people is find former employees, you know, and, and always be honest, you know, tell them, hey, you know, I'm, I'm graduating from Kennesaw State, University of Georgia, you know, Washington, wherever it is. And, you know, and, and say, I, you know, I see on LinkedIn that you used to work at X company. I'm thinking of applying there. Can you give me some some feedback as to why you left? Again, you know, they might just totally ignore you and you do have to kind of filter what they say because it might not have been a happy breakup. But, you know, sometimes that's going to be more important finding out why people leave than talking to uh, current employees. No, of course. And and I think, um, you know, and, and always taking it with a grain of salt. I've, I've had people that, that go on uh, places like Glassdoor, right? Um, or, um, I forgot, I, I think Indeed does it as well, where you mm-hmm. can leave reviews on the company. Um, but, you know, just hearing it from a person specifically, um, it, it does make a big mm-hmm. difference. Uh, understanding why they left, um, understanding, you know, did you enjoy your time there? Uh, you know, what are some things that you would change? Um, no, the, yeah, you're, you're right. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and I liked how you phrased all of those because one of the things you want to do is be specific. If if you just ask a really general, open ended question, then you'll get a very general answer. Mm-hmm. You know, but if you the the more specific you can ask, the better the answer is that you're going to get. Yep, of course. So, in my favorite question to ask always is, you know, is there something that you know is what what was the main challenge of working there, or is there something that you would have liked to change mm-hmm. in terms of that role? Um, and that definitely gives you some insight because instead of them complaining or venting to you, mm-hmm. um, more than likely they'll give you a well thought out answer of saying, hey, you know, let me analyze the situation um, and, and let you know, hey, you know what? When you phrase it that way, I think I would have changed the way they did this, this or that. So, yeah, no, you're right. Asking direct questions will give you direct answers. Mm-hmm. Right. So do you have any other tips for especially, you know, new college graduates or maybe it's somebody who's been, you know, out of jobs more or changing careers? What are some other LinkedIn tips that you, especially as a corporate recruiter, look for? In terms of tips, I would say making sure you really fill out your LinkedIn, um, making sure that you look up key industry uh industry buzzwords mm-hmm. um and also just just make sure that you know the information that you have on your linkedin the dates that you have on your linkedin match your resume mm-hmm. um you know a lot of times recruiters they rely on keywords right mm-hmm. uh when they're doing mass searches so you know if if there's any keywords that are related to your industry you definitely want to make sure that they are on your linkedin profile uh you also want to make sure that you know, if there's a certain uh, software, right? So mm-hmm. let's say um, we'll use engineering again as an example. Um, you know, if, if there's a three a three D uh, modeling software and other companies use it and they call it something like SolidWorks, right? Mm-hmm. You want to make sure that you have both SolidWorks right. slash three D mo- uh, modeling, right? Um, mm-hmm. Well, and that's especially important when you're dealing with a recruiter because. Mm-hmm. They might not always have that intimate industry knowledge, 
You know, mm-hmm. and, and so they're looking for both those terms or they're looking for, you know, they were given a job description and that job description has those terms on it. So that's what they're looking for. So they don't they might not understand what it is, but it's what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the uh, and the keywords, I mean, the keywords are just so specific. So if you misspell a word and mm-hmm. it's a critical word, you're probably going to be left out of a lot of searches. Right. Uh, you know, recently I was doing a search for a um, a plant manager, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I was finding great candidates and everything. And then one day I decided to just, you know, scroll through um, and, and look for any type of manager. Mm-hmm. And I realized that one person forgot to put a T after uh, on plant. It was plan manager, P-L-A-N. Ah, so a spell check wouldn't have caught it. A spell check wouldn't have caught it. And I looked and this person was great and they had an amazing profile. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I would have missed out on them because they didn't double check and spell plant. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't disqualify them, you know, you, you know, um, but it's just one of those things where they, you know, they, they could have been one of the first people I would have contacted had they checked their title and actually spelled it right, which is an honest mistake, right? right. Well, but, you know, it, it also shows what someone's work ethic is going to be. Mm-hmm. You know, you mentioned not having a complete profile, things like that. You know, if I see typos, grammatical errors, things like that, then that gives me an indication of what they might be like as an employee. You know, I, I had someone who met with me several years ago and he was, you know, a recent graduate. So I looked at his LinkedIn profile and he consistently misspelled license. You know, and that's one of those words that, mm-hmm. you know, I, I can't spell it. I'm That's why I have spell check. But mm-hmm. he consistently misspelled it. Mm-hmm. And when I, you know, and, and he was asking me for career advice and to review his LinkedIn profile. You know, I, mm-hmm. I don't just jump into criticizing unless somebody has, has asked me for that. And I, you know, told him, I said, well, you, you know, you might want to, to double check your spelling on some things. And, you know, the hard part is LinkedIn doesn't spell check. So, you know, I always tell people do it in Word and then cut and paste. But mm-hmm. he said, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, you misspelled the word license everywhere you have it. And it was an insurance. He was an insurance type of person. So he had license seven certification, you know, all these various things. And this young whippersnapper looked at me and said, I didn't spell it wrong. And I went, OK. <laughs> and of course, it was spelled wrong and because, you know, I double checked. I'm like, OK, maybe I'm just having a, a senior moment. But he had misspelled it. So, you know, it was one of those things that right there I thought, nope, he would not only would he not be somebody if I were hiring that I wouldn't hire, but I'm not going to refer him to anybody because of that attitude. You know, that, well, you know, I spelled it right. You know, he should have said, oh, my gosh, I will be sure to check. Even if he knew that I was wrong, he should have just said, you know, oh, my gosh, heavens, you know, I'll, I'll look at that. Well, and, and you're asking for advice. So, you know, you ask for advice and, and, you know, I would tell people, Hey, whenever you get advice, you, you want, you don't want to say no or you, mm-hmm. you don't want to contradict someone. But if you really want to know the reason for the advice, just ask why. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so for this person to have said that, I mean, you know, you're right. You, you wouldn't want to, um, refer them because just their attitude and just, you know, you, you don't want to refer them to someone and then just for that person to also get the same type of attitude. Um, and, you know, I, and I think that that's a great story. I mean, I, I actually had a student um, who, you know, we, we had a resume review day and we brought in employers uh, to review resumes. Mm-hmm. And the student, he went up to an employer and the employer just shredded his resume. I mean, oh. she, she wasn't as nice as you were. You know, she actually just dove in oh, and she uh, just destroyed his. I mean, he showed it to me and I, I felt like it was dripping with a penny. Oh. Um, poor kid. But, uh-huh. you know, he was excited. I mean, he was just smiling. He was like, this is great. <laughs> That's why I came here. Right. Mm-hmm. I kid you not. Mm-hmm. He ran to the library. 20 minutes later, I saw him back mm-hmm. and he said, hey, do you mind if I jump in line again? I was like, mm-hmm. oh, no, go for it. Mm-hmm. So he jumped in line. Not only did he jump in line, but he actually waited for that same specific person mm-hmm. to be available. Oh, I love it. Went up to her, mm-hmm. showed her his resume. Mm-hmm. And I mean, she still had corrections. Right. And she gave him more feedback, mm-hmm. but she was just so impressed with him that he actually received a um an um an interview mm-hmm. with the company. So the company ended up just interviewing him just because he took that advice mm-hmm. and he showed initiative. Mm-hmm. 
Right. Um, and uh, he ended up getting the uh, the internship later on with a civil engineering company, wow. with, the, with that civil engineering company. So, I mean, it just goes to show you how, uh, you know, asking for advice and then showing that you can take advice, mm-hmm. how that can lead you to places. Right. So let's take that a little bit further to someone who is a mentor. Why is it so important for someone who is, you know, a recent college graduate or even, you know, somebody who's who's maybe they're a senior or, you know, they're they're working on a graduate degree. How important is it that they have a mentor and why? It's I think it's very important because you are really reaching out to people um who are more experienced than you are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have multiple mentors um, in different areas of my life. Um, and, you know, these are people who they've already gone through whatever issues I'll eventually, uh, you know, mm-hmm. reach out for help. Right. So, you know, they've, they've gone through it. You know, they have their own networks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when, when I was in college, one of my mentors, uh, you know, he was, he went to Harvard for uh, graduate school and, you know, when I reached out to him, you know, he helped me with my resume. And then one day he said, hey, do you know what? Do you want to come to New York City with me, spend your spring break here um, and, you know, get to do informational or career informational interviews with my contacts, my connections? And you said, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> uh, I said, uh, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> so I spent a whole week, um, you know, just interviewing different people that were in his network. These are people that I would have never had access to. I'm talking about, you know, investment bankers, you know, lawyers, um, you know, even this was during the recession, by the way. So I, I was fortunate enough to even speak to a bankruptcy lawyer. Um, so, you know, just I, I had access to that whole network uh, because of my mentor. Um, so no, I, I think it's very important for people to just, you know, reach out to older professionals, whether it's a professor, a family friend, you know, an alumni, um, somebody at your company. If you start at a company, you know, I just identify someone, have lunch with them. It doesn't have to be a formal mentor mentee relationship, mm-hmm. but just get to know someone, just get to learn about them and get to the point where it just becomes a natural relationship where you feel comfortable asking them for advice. Mm-hmm. You know, and you mentioned having multiple mentors and, you know, I think that's so important because there are different, different things that are, you know, in, in your life, you know, maybe there's, you know, you have someone um, of your faith that you're talking to, um, you know, all these various things. And again, you never know where those connections might lead. So they're very valuable. Very, very valuable. I mean, my mentors have helped me out so much. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just, um, it's just amazing, right? You know, like I said, they, they've already, They've already gone through some of the, um, you know, stages in life that, mm-hmm. that I'll be going through. You know, I had one mentor uh, help me with salary negotiation when, mm-hmm. when I was trying to accept a new job. Mm-hmm. Um, I had another mentor, um, you know, introduce me to, to, to people in, in, um, in his network for a business development for my current job. Um, so it's, it's just an, an amazing um, asset to, to have. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, I mentioned in your your intro that one of the things that you do is you volunteer as a career coach. So what are some of the common issues and mistakes that you see when interviewing younger candidates? For that, I would say just preparing and really getting to know the company, the the, the people that they'll be interviewing with. Right. You know, I, a lot of times I'll, I'll get, uh, you know, college students who come up to me and say, hey, you know, I have an interview next week. Um, you know, uh, what I don't know what to do. So I'll say, OK, well, what's the role? And, you know, they, they tell me what's on the job description. And then from there, I say, OK, well, what does the company do? What are they? What's their culture like? What's their mission statement? Um, and a lot of times they just don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just that I think that the main hurdle is just preparing, um, okay. preparing and getting to know the company itself. Um, I think the second thing that I see, uh, you know, uh, people making mistakes on uh, would be just after the interview, uh, mm-hmm. following up. Um, you know, some people think that it's not uh, important anymore, uh, but it's really important to follow up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that just lets the company know that you're really interested in them. And, and I think, you know, people should follow up 
uh, whether or not they get the position, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if you get interviewed by someone, send them a quick thank you email or, or if you can, you know, a, a thank you note that right. you write and put in their mailbox. Yes, get out your pen. Write it, folks. <laughs> yeah, just just write it, right? Uh, and, you know, depending on the audience, I'm, I'm a little bit older. So if somebody did that for me, I would say, wow, that's that's amazing. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the last time I received something by mail. Uh, <laughs> right. I mean, I have things yeah. like that up on my bulletin board because mm-hmm. they're so unusual. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. Yeah. And and you're right. I mean, it's just so unusual and it, and it really does stand out. Mm-hmm. And it, it goes to show the person, right, whoever you interview with, it just shows them that you took extra time out of your schedule mm-hmm. to do this for them because that's how interested you are in the position. Right. Well, and there's obviously, you know, some things that that you want to include when you're following up. Maybe you want to expand on a question that they they asked or or some things like that. But, Mm -hmm. you know, it was funny as you were talking about this. I thought, what if you decided you weren't interested in the job? What do you do then? Because you shouldn't just ignore it. Right. Because we've talked about how connected everybody is. Mm -hmm. So how do you follow up to say thank you, but no thank you? Uh, Just you know what? And as a recruiter, I've actually had that happen mm-hmm. uh, a good number of times, more than I'd like to. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm just like, no, don't. But you're mm-hmm. the perfect candidate. Don't right. leave. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I mean, I've had candidates who just they say, hey, you know what? Um, because of this specific reason, I don't think I will be a, a, a strong candidate or because mm-hmm. of this specific reason, I don't think I'll be able to continue forward. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just being clear, just being, uh, you know, you know, just letting us know ahead of time. Right. right. Don't wait until the last moment. Mm-hmm. Just say, hey, uh, you know, Deb, thank you so much for um, thank you so much for interviewing me. Um, I learned so much about your company and I had a great time. Uh, I really do appreciate it. However, uh, you know, I was just given a raise at my company. Um, or I was just given a new responsibility. Therefore, I think I will, or therefore I will respectfully withdraw myself from the process. Mm-hmm. You know, you give me a reason, right. a valid reason, and that's the end of the conversation. I might want to call you back just mm-hmm. to, you know, check in with you and thank you for, um, not, um, you know, leading us on, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I think just telling someone r- right away, mm-hmm. um, and it gives us time to find another candidate. Right. You know, and, and I think that's so important to to say you're not interested. Um, you know, for whatever reason, you know, maybe maybe you just thought, oh, I didn't, I I don't want that commute, or mm-hmm. it wasn't the job that I thought it was, or ooh, I don't like those people. I mean, you know, you're not going to ex- say that in your your letter, but if your initial gut reaction was, I don't think this is going to work, mm-hmm. it's probably not going to change. Um, you know, I interviewed for a job one time in Denver, and actually, I got bad vibrations before mm-hmm. I ever even went in. And, you know, but I, I still thought, eh, you know, I'll, I'll go in. And it went downhill from there. I mean, oh. it was, it was a disaster interview. Mm-hmm. You know, it was one of those where there were like eight people and they just <laughs> fired questions at me. And I was not allowed to ask questions. That was the other oh. thing that was really strange. Uh-huh. And, you know, and, and it was their board of directors. It was a nonprofit that I was interviewing for, mm-hmm. but, it turned me off so much. I thought, no, there is no way. I, there's, there's nothing they could do that would make me interested in this company. And so, you know, I politely declined. I did send them, uh, you know, at that point, <clears throat> it was probably a written letter as opposed to email. But <laughs> I, I think I did say something along the lines of thank you very much. Um, however, I've decided at this point to, to withdraw my application. Mm-hmm. I certainly wasn't going to say, you know, I didn't like the interview or anything mm-hmm. like that. Well, then, of course, they thought I was great. And, you know, and, and they came back several times and kept saying, you know, we'd like you to come back. And I stood my ground, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and because I knew even if I took it, mm-hmm. it was going to be something I regretted. And, you know, and, and that's very difficult, especially if you're, you know, a recent college graduate or, you know, changing jobs and, or, you know, having been forced to change jobs and, and you're thinking, oh my gosh, I have to take whatever comes along. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you do. You know, let's just be honest about that. But there are times where, you know, if you know that it's not going to work, let everybody off the hook. <laughs> you know, it's it's no, okay yeah. to do that. Yeah. And we, we appreciate honesty. I mean, I, 
I would still consider the people that contacted me and said, hey, you know, for this specific reason, I don't think I can. You know, like you said, the commute's too much. I actually had a candidate who drove to do the interview and then told me, hey, you know, the commute wasn't what I thought it would be. Mm -hmm. um, I'm so sorry. And guess what? Me as a recruiter, I can't shorten his commute. Mm -hmm. um, there's nothing I can do to make his commute better. So I just said, you know what? Thank you so much for letting me know. Um, and, you know, if there are any um, roles that, that are closer, mm -hmm. you know, I'll definitely consider you for those because one, your background's amazing. Mm -hmm. And two, you're just such an honest person. Mm -hmm. Whereas if somebody didn't respond to my emails or, you know, just let us on and then toward right. the end said, you know what? Um, no, thanks. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's kind of hard, right? Because the honesty, the, the, the bridge has been burned, really. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and you never know when they, they might be able to work something out. You know, say you say the commute is too long. Well, maybe it's a, an organization that has flex hours or you can work from home or, you know, some things like that. So, you know, again, it's it's worth it to, to you know, you don't want to say, hey, you know, I was interviewed by a schmuck. But, you know, if it's if it's something that you think can be constructive, then it's OK to say that. Mm hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. And and it always, you know, when, when you communicate clearly, especially if you're using, if you're working with a recruiter, um, if you communicate any worries or, or any, any uh, uh, concerns that you might have, um, you know, good recruiter is really a mediator, right, mm -hmm. between you and your client. Um, so a lot of times I can always investigate on, on your behalf mm -hmm. and say, hey, you know, my, my candidate, this is what they're thinking. What can we do? To help them out. And if there's anything we can do, you know, we will communicate it. And if not, um, you know, we won't. Right. Right. Well, and you bring up something that I'm just so curious about because I've never worked with a recruiter. Mm -hmm. So tell us how that works. Oh, sure. Sure. So there there are different types of uh, recruiters. I think the, the main thing for someone to do if they want to work with a recruiter is find out what type of recruiter they are. Okay. Uh, the two main types would be a contingency recruiter. Mm -hmm. uh, so these would be a uh, recruitment firms um, that really, for them, it's more about quantity. Okay. Uh, so they'll work with, uh, they'll work on multiple jobs. Um, they'll screen, they'll take and screen, uh, you know, a lot of resumes. Mm -hmm. um, and for them, they really don't get paid until they make a placement, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. um, so it's very competitive, very fast paced. Um, usually it's for uh, lower level jobs, uh, lower level um, roles. Mm -hmm. um, where I work at, it's uh, Bell Oaks Executive Search, and we mm -hmm. do a retained search. Okay. Uh, so the way it works for us is that a, a company will come over, and this company will say, hey, you know, we're looking for a, a director level, manager level, um, executive level role. Um, what they'll do is they'll they'll pay a retainer. So we'll be the only firm working on this role. OK. Um, and then from there, what we do is, you know, we do research, um, you know, we, we identify people um, and we bring them in. And, you know, we, we provide our clients with, uh, you know, a good number of candidates that they can go ahead and interview. Right. Um, so that's the way it works for us is that, you know, like I said, we it, it's retained. Right. So mm -hmm. so they pay a they pay a certain amount of money um, at the front end. Um, so that we work on the search for them. Mm -hmm. um, and then from there, you know, once we make the placement, then the, 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 rest, um, the rest goes on. So the potential employee isn't mm -hmm. paying. The potential employer is the one who's, who's hiring the firm, correct? Yes, that's correct. So, okay. the, so for us, our, our client is the company. Mm -hmm. um, there, are some, there are some recruiters out there. Uh, who um, actually, uh, you know, work on the on the candidate's behalf mm -hmm. uh, just because, you know, they, they get so many roles coming in from so many companies that, you know, me as a candidate, I can go out to a recruiter and say, hey, here's my resume. Um, they'll put it into their database. And then as soon as they get a ping, right, as soon as they get a role that matches my resume, they'll reach out to me. Oh, OK. Um, mm -hmm. Yep. And. So does it does it pay to make connections with recruiters? It does. It does. And, and I and shouldn't I have used the word pay. Is it beneficial? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, no, it is. It is beneficial. Um, and even as a student, right, even if you aren't at the uh, level of a, um, you know, if, if you, uh, you know, if you just graduated college mm 
mm-hmm. and you know a recruiter recruits mainly mid-level positions mm-hmm. you know connect with them on linkedin i mean i've seen so many uh uh, recruiters out there that they'll put up, they'll put up job postings, they'll put up advice, tips. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I didn't mention would be internal recruiters. These are recruiters that work specifically for a company. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's say, uh, you know, and I'm just going to throw this out there. Let's say Home Depot, right? right. Um, you know, a big company like Home Depot, they might have recruiters uh, that work for Home Depot and all they do is recruit for positions mm-hmm. uh, in Home Depot. You want to work at Home Depot in the future? Uh, make friends with a recruiter, connect with them on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they can be a good source of advice. If not, they'll post things up about, you know, different events that they might have, uh, networking events. Um, so it always keeps you in the loop of, of what the company's doing. Well, and, you know, so I'm, I'm on your website, which is mm-hmm. belloaks.com. And I went to our team and I love it because it has everyone listed a little mm-hmm. bio about them. But what I really, really love is it has links to every one of your LinkedIn profiles. And so, you know, I could connect there. Um, you and I obviously connected in a different way, but you know, somebody can go there and, you know, today they're, they're listening to this interview. They can immediately go to Bell Oaks and find you and send you a request to connect on LinkedIn. Definitely. Please do. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> you know, and folks, tell people, say, hey, Eric, I just heard your absolutely fabulous interview on uh, Deb Career's program. But, you know, I just always tell somebody why you want to connect with them, um, you know, because I, as I always say, you know, we all have the attention span of a gnat and we're not nearly as memorable as we think we are. And so, you know, remind them, hey, we used to work together. We're an alumni at, um, you know, all those various things. Give them that reason to connect with you. Otherwise, they might look at it and go, yeah, nope, not so much. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it, it's so true. I've like I said, I used to work at a university, so I still get students who connect with me. And I remember most of them. But some of the people that I, you know, I, I might not remember, um, they'll say, hey, you know, we met at this event or you helped me out with this. And I'll say, oh, yes, definitely. I remember now. And then I'll have uh, people who, you know, they might not have a picture on their LinkedIn and mm-hmm. their name. Oh, danger, danger. Have a picture. <laughs> stranger danger. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so, you know, I, I might not recognize the name and I don't see a picture. So. I'm just a little hesitant, right? I'm, I'm not really mm-hmm. sure if I could connect with you or not. Um, but no, you're right. Just a, a one liner at least, you know, right. just remind me where. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's more likely uh, to, to actually connect with you. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm, I'm looking right now at my LinkedIn profile and I currently have seven outstanding invitations from people. One of those seven, and you know, when I go in fairly often, you know, several times a week and accept invitations. So it's mm-hmm. not that these seven have been floating there forever. Only one of the seven actually sent me a, a note. And he said, hi, Deb, I see we have some mutual connections. I'm always looking to grow my network of professionals here on LinkedIn. If you're open to that, please accept. You know, that's a pretty generic type of thing. Mm-hmm. But I'm still impressed that he took the time to do it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now I am somebody who I will accept you know, most LinkedIn connection requests, you know, I do mm-hmm. try and, and look at them to make sure that they're real people. They have to have a picture. You know, we, we laughed about that a second ago. You don't have a picture. I'm not going to connect with you. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, and like there's one of these that I'm looking at. I have, I have one use their company logo mm-hmm. and, and they are a person. No, don't do that. One didn't use a picture at all. Mm-hmm. One used uh, a, like a little weird graphic image, um, of, huh. but, you know, use your picture. And I found, you know, you talk about, you know, as, as older people learning something from, from youngsters, I discovered something the other day. LinkedIn has a new feature where you can, on your smartphone, when you're in LinkedIn, you can edit and use filters on your profile image, um, you know, so you can, and it's, you know, it, it, all sorts of different things. So, you know, there's, there's really no excuse anymore to not have a picture on LinkedIn. That's correct. And it's, and it's not that hard to, uh, you know, just chest up, nice smile, wear something nice, right? right. Um, I mean, how many uh, selfies have you seen on LinkedIn? What do you think about those? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it depends on the selfie. If it is really clearly a selfie, I don't like it. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, but, you know, and you can, that's not to say that you can't use your smartphone to do the picture, but have a friend take the picture. And the problem is with a selfie, usually you get an odd angle. 
Um, you know, and, and, you know, I, I saw somebody one time who had taken the selfie and, and she held the camera up because, you know, she was wanting to, um, you know, she was, she was like me a little more mature. And so, you know, we're, we're trying to soften some of the, the things, but it gave a really good view of her chest. And it was like, no, 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 danger, danger. That's not what we want on LinkedIn. Um, uh-huh. but yeah, but selfies tend to just not be a good a good picture because uh-huh. you know you're, you're at a weird angle with your arm out there. So you hand the phone to somebody um, and mm-hmm. and have them take the picture. It certainly doesn't have to be professional. Um, you know, mm-hmm. long long gone are the days where you went and spent three hundred bucks to have your your picture taken so that you could put it on your LinkedIn profile. Mm-hmm. So Eric, oh my gosh, we've only got about four minutes left. And so you know, we've just, just filled this hour. This has been so much fun. But let's let's go back to our college students and you know those kids who are getting ready the kids who are getting ready to graduate you know maybe they're seniors maybe they're grad students you know whatever it is what are some final words of wisdom that you have for them for those people that are about to um, you know graduate I, I I think it's very important to just you know go back to the basics and you know really use your resources. Um, you know, as someone that worked in career services, I cannot tell you how many students came to my office for the first time uh, when it was their last semester of their senior year. Mm-hmm. So I think my a lot best, of kids don't even know that there is a career services part of their university. They, yeah, they just they just don't know. And, uh, you know, it, it's there. And, you know, I usually tell people, hey, you know, it, you do realize that this is free. But really, it's not because you paid for us with your student fees. Mm -hmm. So you might as well take advantage of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think that that would be my main advice is, hey, you know, you have a career services at school. Uh, You know, they do a lot when it comes to trying to get companies to recruit there. Uh, Take advantage of that. Use your resources. Right. You know, have them help you with mock interviews. Have them look at your resume. Um, you know, go to their events, um, you know, use whatever resources they have. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, at the same time, LinkedIn, that's another resource. And just use it to the fullest, you know, create an amazing profile. Career services can even look at your LinkedIn profile. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, just connect with as many alumni as you can um, and just really make those personal con- connections. Right. Take the time out of your schedule uh, to get to know them. You know, invite them to lunch, invite them to coffee. Uh, you know, that that's how I got a lot of free lunches when I was a student. Right. You know, alumni <laughs> taking me out to lunch. Uh-huh. And of course, they pay because they're right. working for You always <laughs> offer, though. That's the important part. You do. You do. You always offer. <laughs> but you know, um, you're, you're not picking the expensive steak place. <laughs> oh, no, no, of course not. Although you could, depending on the alumni. But uh, right. no. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and again, I mean, if if you're hoping to approach them about a job that it, or a career that is fairly mm-hmm. high level, McDonald's isn't going to cut it. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> you know, they Just, will yeah, understand that you're a college student. So, you know, Starbucks is okay. Starbucks is good. Panera is good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> right. Or, you know, if they're really busy, you know, meet them in their office. Tell them, hey, you know, can I can I bring Starbucks to your office? Mm-hmm. Um, be And then be very specific. You know, I tell people, especially if you're just doing an informational interview, tell them, I only want 15 minutes of your time. Mm-hmm. You know, watch the clock. You know, even if you have to set the alarm. I've told people, you know, I've, I've set the alarm because I know how valuable your time is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because you're showing respect for them. Mm-hmm. Then if they say, oh, let's continue talking, by all means, continue definitely. talking. Definitely. But, you know, that's give them that option. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. And, you know, a lot of times and with all the informational interviews that I did when, when I was in high school and when I was in college, I mean, you know, they were more than happy to talk about themselves and talk about their, you know, their own careers. Um, so, yeah, you know, you're, you're right. You know, be respectful of their time. But at the same time, you know, if they want to keep talking, that's so much knowledge that you'll be getting from them. So, you know, definitely keep the conversation going and always follow up. You always want to follow up. That's one thing that I did when I was in college. You know, every couple of months I would just follow up and say, hey, you know, if you remember me, we had a uh, coffee a couple months ago. We mm-hmm. talked about this, this and that. Uh, this is something great that I just did. You know, I just applied to go study abroad. If you have any tips on that, right. um, anything like that, mm-hmm. just keep people updated on your progress. And you you, don't, you just never know when that will blossom into a full-fledged uh, mentor-mentee relationship as well. Right. 
You know, and, and it really doesn't matter if you're a 22-year-old college graduate or somebody in your, your 40s, 50s, 60s. These are all great tips, um, you know, and, and because it, the, the important thing when you are truly looking for a career is it's about building those relationships and making those connections with people. Mm-hmm. No, of course. And, and I see that in both worlds, right? As an executive recruiter working with, uh, you know, more experienced professionals, uh, it, the same thing applies that, that we're talking about for uh, these college graduates, you know, just networking, making those personal connections and following up. Mm-hmm. Um, it just doesn't, it doesn't change. It's just at a different level. Perfect. Well, Eric, tell people how they find you and connect with you online. Yeah, no, definitely. I think the best way would be uh, through LinkedIn. Uh, if you go to www.belloaks.com under our team, you'll see the rest of my information, my direct line, uh, my email address, um, and my LinkedIn. Um, so, you know, connect with me. Um, let me know that you heard me on this, uh, on this show. And, uh, yeah, I look forward to growing my network as well. Perfect, perfect. Well, I am Deb Creer. I've been having an absolutely wonderful time talking with Eric Benavidez. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.